0: Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. Welcome, Dr. Sarah Teton Cantor, to the podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, You wrote this beautiful book, Positive Caregiving, and I love that there is an app also that you created to go along with the book. So we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Um, But let's start with, we're going to go back to the beginning (laughs) and just
1: what, what is positive caregiving? Like, what does that mean? Well, thank you for the question um <laughs> I think that my answer has actually evolved over the past since the book has come out just because I've been talking about it so much. I mean when I first wrote the book it was certainly because I wanted to tell the other side of the story because a lot of what we hear, the narratives that we hear around caregiving tend to be around the negative sides of caregiving and around the burdenful and the burnout and the things that, you know, aren't so wonderful about caregiving, but it's all part of life, right? So I wanted to show the other side of the story that there is purpose and there are wonderful times and it's a it can be an opportunity to grow not only in your relationship with your loved one, but also as an individual. But as I've been talking about it more and more, it really is, it's a mindset and it's a mission that we can have about how we approach a caregiving journey whether that's a week-long journey or a decade-long journey. It's, it's a mindset and it's a mission. And I would love for it to be a movement. I would love for us to change the way we talk about what it means to not only grow older, but to care for the ones that we love as they grow older. And so it's it's a mindset, it's a mission. It's, I would love for it to be a movement, but it's also a method that I've created because some people just naturally can approach difficult life situations, like caring for an older loved one with a positive mindset and can kind of keep things in perspective and can um, continue to grow and and bounce back quickly um, when they're faced with challenges, et cetera. But for a lot of people, they need reminders and a path and some suggestions. and, And so that's what the book was for. And that's what positive caregiving is. It's the method to help people get in the mindset keep the mission going and create a movement.
0: (laughs) And it's so powerful because what we know for sure is if we are not presently on this caregiving journey, like there is a really solid chance that at some point in our life, um, that we will be. So the audience that we primarily have with inspired caring are people who are at varying levels of this experience so maybe they're just starting to realize oh my gosh I may be starting to identify as a caregiver um you know down the rate I think there's like four phases of caregiving um you know through people who are well on this journey this road The other thing that you mentioned in the book towards the beginning is really as we are in aging culture and society, it's just wrapping our heads around what do we want this to look like and how are we going to be approaching aging? And as a society, really, I felt like what I received was embracing aging and shifting our
1: thoughts around that as well. Yes, because we're all going to be caregivers most likely at one point or another. And typically what we already are, especially if we're Mm -hmm. caring for friends or relatives or neighbors or children, you know, we're, we're always caring. Most of us care on a regular basis, but we're also going to be care recipients. You know, none of us are beyond aging. None of us are beyond disease. None of us are beyond injury. So we too are going to be care receivers. So it's, it's, how do we approach all of that, and what do we want it to look like for us too?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's so. That's such a good reminder because I think so often when we're in that caregiving role, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around. Like someday we may be the one also to receive care. I'm already looking at my three kids, thinking, okay, I already know who's going to do what. <laughs> not because I prescribe it, but because of, I can already kind of tell what their bandwidth potentially could be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But Um, that's the gift you also gave your children, but I'm sure they saw how you cared for your in-laws and for the others around you. So you're teaching them every day about what caring means.
0: Yeah. Well, I definitely want to dive into the book. I'm curious also if And this was where we got, we started, I got a little fired up. So I thought we got to just hit record. I'm curious if the role um, or our relationship to the person we're caring for maybe impacts our ability to have a positive caregiving mindset. Like when I was caregiving for both of my grandmothers, I was in my late twenties, early thirties, I was starting my family and it really felt like a gift and a privilege. I mean, it was off the rails chaotic at times <laughs> as I had little kids and was trying to do this. Um, As our kids got a little older and then my husband and I stepped into this role with his brother for their parents, his mother-in-law was living with dementia. Dad was caregiving for her for a period of time. And then he received a terminal cancer diagnosis. So then we were caregiving for him and through both of their end of life. So, I'm just wondering, is it, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm thinking about spouses who are caring for one another or children and grandchildren. Like, what are your thoughts on
1: that? I think you're spot on that it's gonna be an individual experience based on the person you're caring for. And part of it is, you know, the reason why people need care can range in so many different ways like you said i mean you can be someone can be living with dementia and that requires a whole host of different care skills and time and or you could be caring for someone who you know fell and and broke a bone so that's different or it's going through cancer treatments whether that's you know a terminal diagnosis or if it's you know a cancer diagnosis i mean there's so many different factors That come into play and then it is it's also the person the care recipient how they're adapting how they're accepting their diagnosis or their challenges and how quickly they're adapting to the changes that come with you know life that happens a diagnosis Mm -hmm. or an injury so um, there's just so many factors so that was a really long way of saying yes i think that those relationships and those journeys can be very drastically different based on who you're caring for and why you're caring for um, them. But I do believe that people can remain centered in those positive caregiving concepts, you know, trying to keep perspective, remembering to try to savor the day together and the time that you can, um keeping grounded in gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, love and awe, those are all things that we can do regardless of the relationship. And I think that it can continue to help us keep growing as individuals too, as the care giver to continue to keep growing um throughout the journey. So yes. They will be different, but I think this the concepts and the overall message from positive caregiving as a mission and a mindset can be helpful in all different kinds of scenarios.
0: Well, I mean, that really oh brings us to those four pillars of caregiving. So those are those foundational things that you were just mentioning. Can you um, just reiterate what the four pillars are? Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, so the first one is perspective. So keeping not only the caregiving journey that you're on, again, whether it's a, a short-term journey or a long-term journey, but keeping that in perspective and keeping life in general in perspective. So that's one. First is perspective. Second is savoring. So again, even amidst challenges, we have the gift of being alive. So how do we continue to savor the things that bring us joy, even when we're facing tough challenges that are just kind of inherent in being alive, right? In growing older. Um, And then there's reminiscence. So how do we continue to look back on our life, make sense of our life um, and and make sense of our future through reminiscence as well. and, And use that time to share wisdom with each other um, I think that's a it's a really important concept that from a gerontology perspective, which I'm a gerontologist, and we know that reminiscence and life review is just so important as we age, but I think it's important at every stage in life. And then um, the last one is personal growth. So how do we make sure that both caregiver and care receiver, and I think that a lot of times we forget that the care receiver can also be growing through this experience as they're facing challenges and and moving through the things that you know, can happen as we age. So those are the four pillars. Um, uh, it's uh, perspective, savoring, reminiscence, and growth.
0: That is, I think, a thing um, that weaves through all of those is to remember that it's not us and them. It's it's like our older uh, p- family members, people in our community, they're just a little ahead of the game than we are. It's like they're just us in the future. <laughs> Yes. Like, I kept thinking about that with my family members, right? Like, this is just, we're not a separate being. It's, it's, this is a timeline journey for all of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So what are some of the benefits? Like, what would be a benefit to me as a caregiver to consider approaching this with the positive caregiving
1: mindset. Mindset. Well, certainly building our own personal resilience. And so the the one other factor when we, you know, talk about the quote-unquote method of positive caregiving beyond those four pillars, we identified five emotions, gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, love and awe that are positive emotions but they're also skills that we can practice as humans to strengthen them and then they not only become second nature, but they they create lenses through which we can see the world and how we approach the world. And so, these five emotions gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, love, and awe also have. There's a lot of research, and the book touches on a lot of it as well. Um, uh, of what kind of mental and physical effects, positive effects that those five things can have on us as humans. Um, so, you know, from Gratitude, increasing happiness and decreasing depression to um, awe, inducing um, certain immune suppression, <laughs> immuno, um, uh, you know, boosting the immune system. You know, all those things. There's there's a lot of different research that's been done on those five emotions. But I, I the reason why we chose those five emotions above and beyond the mental and physical benefits of them, is that they are direct balancing tools for some of the common negative emotions that we may experience when we're caring for older loved ones. So, of course, we hear about burnout and we hear about burden and all these things, but it's really about stress and anxiety and sadness and fear and guilt and things that we may experience As caregivers and those are very natural emotions to have when you're caring for someone especially someone you love who is facing challenges you know whether it's an injury or an illness all those emotions are natural and so we can use these positive emotions gratitude empathy forgiveness love and awe that have these wonderful health and mental benefits for us as humans we can use them to balance some of those negative emotions. So we can balance fear with awe, or we can balance guilt with forgiveness, or we can balance stress with love. You know, there's all these different things that we can do to train our brain and help build our own personal resilience moving forward.
0: Amazing. Um, I Because when you were mentioning all of the negative emotions that people feel and I feel very grateful that you share that that is natural and normal because I think so often caregivers, care partners have so much guilt and shame around feeling those feelings. I was working with someone last week and the thought had crossed her mind, you know, it would, which has crossed my mind. I will self-report here. It has crossed my mind like this would just all go away and be easier if the person were to pass away. Because we're wa- witnessing someone we love decline and suffering and then, so all of these emotions that we're having and then it gets very tangled up with feeling guilt and shame about them. And it feels like there's space for this to really help someone navigate through those too.
1: Yeah, and, and really feel those negative emotions to the fullest because we have to get through that to get to the other side, you know? And and it's okay to have positive emotions and negative emotions even at the same time, you know? Oh so my gosh, yes, people. like <laughs> both can be
0: true at the it, same time.
1: Yes, yeah, and yeah. I, I, whenever I talk about that, I always, you know, um, a great example, and a lot of people um, can relate to this, it's like when, When my dad retired, for instance, he was so excited to be retiring, but he was sad, right? Sad and happy at the same time. And that's just, that's pretty much life a lot of the (laughs) times,
0: right? I mean, absolutely. We had a daughter, we just moved into college, right? Into the dorms and I'm so excited and happy for her and I am grieving. hardcore <laughs> yes. yes yeah oh, no. it's it's a lot um I think one of the things that one of my top listened to ep- episodes top listened to episodes are around how I changed my relationship with alcohol and I think is family caregivers often instead of leaning in and feeling these emotions so fully as you're suggesting we have a tendency to want to make them go away or buffer them or numb them out. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like, um, through this that we can feel the emotions and then have some hope to shift right. Yeah. To
1: a different set. Absolutely. And again, I mean, if we are alive, it's a miracle that we're even alive, but I mean, we are going to experience tough things. I mean, that's, I mean, I, it sounds cliche, but you know, and again, I mentioned this before, no one, no human is beyond aging. No human is beyond disease or injury. I mean, these things are gonna happen and they're gonna happen throughout life, but they do tend to happen more often as we get older because that's just part of aging, <laughs> so. I. Um, so it's, um, but you know, there's a lot of ways that we can feel those emotions and get in touch with those emotions, but you're right. A lot of people do try to, I mean, we are definitely, I mean, especially in America, we are a death adverse, you know, injury adverse, negative emotion adverse society. We don't like to feel anything that is hurtful
0: are yeah, exactly. you know? For certain. I mean, when you just said that, I almost feel like you just flipped on a switch that this book can just be a general manual on how to shift your mindset to have a more positive mindset in general, whether you're in that caregiver role or not. And opening up our idea or mind to, we are caregivers, like you said, to friends and neighbors and co-workers and children so really everybody should read this is what oh, i'm saying <laughs> yes
1: i think so too. <laughs> we
0: agree <laughs> survey says yes well so taking advantage of neuroplasticity because you specifically talk about that in the book it is possible just to give people hope like I'm too far in this, or I'm too far down this road, or this isn't for me to just really give you hope that you can do it. And you talk about 40 micro moments of self-care.
1: Can you share a little bit about those? Sure. And, and there are, I'm sure thousands of ways we can do this, but we, I didn't, we just picked out 40 that for caregivers, because a lot of times, um, One of the complaints or one of the um, often reported things from a caregiving experience or journey is that it's hard to take care, find time to take care of yourself because most caregivers spend a lot of their time caring for others. And so we wanted to provide people some ideas of, you know, you don't need an hour at the spa. You don't need to, you know, take a bubble bath. You can take these micro moments. It can be five seconds to five minutes to give yourself back a gift of perspective, of savoring, etc., so it it just helps you relax, refocus, refresh in just a very short amount of time. So that's what a micro moment of self care is.
0: Give me some examples. <laughs> so you have sure. Your-
1: yeah. Well, my I I have a lot of favorites, but um, one of my favorites, and I do this actively every day is I seek Komorabi, and people may not know what that term is, but if you've ever seen sunlight filtering through the trees and the leaves shimmering, and you might even be able to visualize the ray of sun coming through the trees, there isn't a word that is um, one word in the English language for that experience, to see that sunlight coming through the trees and shimmering. But in Japanese, the word is Komorebi. And when I found out, I always naturally would look for that. But when I found out the word, now every morning on a walk, even if I don't have time to go on a walk, I'll look out the window and I will look for Komorebi. It just brings me a little burst of energy. And it brings me back to the beauty of being alive. So that's one small thing. But there's also... um, I also this is one thing I do a lot, so I'll take a blanket and throw it in the dryer for five minutes. And then when I sit down to read a book or even before I go to bed, it's just this little gift of warmth. I mean, it doesn't feel great when it's one hundred and ten degrees outside. (laughs) it's Certainly something that's very comforting. Um, I love even and this is one that I do every single day. I breathe in love, exhale fear. You know, so choosing two words to for your inhale and exhale. And my two words have always been inhale, love, exhale, fear. So as you breathe in, inhale, love, exhale, exhale, all the fear in my body. And it's just a way to ground you. And then it slows your breathing as well. And so we know that how many benefits that the slow and steady breath can bring to us as well. So those are just some examples.
0: I love that. I recently... It was a, a mindful moment when I was doing my meditation and I realized I had tucked my blanket like really right under my chin and I put on social media. Is this why everybody wears scarves? <laughs> this is so cozy and reassuring to me. Yeah. It's what um what else do you feel like caregivers would really benefit from hearing from you because you've studied aging, you have a master's in gerontology, your PhD is in gerontology. So you have this caregiver perspective and this aging journey perspective. And um, what do you feel like is is anything fluttering to your mind that they should you know, hear
1: from you? Thank you for asking that question because no one's ever asked me in that way that i um studying aging and studying the aging process um over the course of my masters and through my doctorate degree that that was a good decade long journey and i think that that entire time in the back of my mind i was really looking for what really matters most in life you know um what is what is what really matters and i think that there is a parallel here because what really does matter in is gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, love, and awe. Now what induces those emotions for us as humans may differ, right? What What makes me feel grateful, the things I love, it makes me feel love. Those things are different for me and they may have changed over the course of my lifetime. You know, I, I used to love, you know, Hairbands when I was in high school. I don't anymore, (laughs) (laughs) but but, I mean, these things that induce these emotions for us change as we age, not always. Of course, my family has always been so important in that love for my family. Um, And that actually has continued to grow, right? As I've gotten older. But the things that cause, induce these emotions um, are really what make life meaningful. And so sometimes along the way through our life journey, we may forget that until we're in our older ages. (laughs) And so we can use our caregiving journeys throughout our lifetime as a time to remind us that that is what matters. And so, and, and to build those skills and as you know, again, they are emotions, but they're also skills. How do we continue to build those skills so that, those things become second nature and they're always top of mind. So it's um, caregiving is an opportunity to remind us what matters most in life. So
0: oh my gosh, I Go love that so much. I We had um, seven family members pass away in a 14 month period. And that included both of my in-laws and someone asked me what, did I have any lessons or takeaways from that? And the best that I could can come up with is that um nothing matters and everything matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, I. Love that. The perspective, you know, and I think the nothing matters is what helps me feel reset on perspective when things start to feel too overwhelming or too serious or, you know, um, to your point, like this is a chapter, this is a time period in our life. And so in the big grand scheme of things, not to get too tangled up in it, because ultimately, does it really matter you know, if there's cloth napkins on the table or paper towels, no. (laughs) Indeed. No, but then everything matters, right? It's those little moments of eye contact and those little moments of what's the Japanese word? Komorebi. (laughs) Komorebi. Yes. It's those little moments that are what make up our life over time. So To have those little awarenesses is so valuable. Yes. Yeah.
1: And it's such a wonderful thing to practice with your loved ones, right? As you're caring, you can do it together.
0: (laughs) And I think that is a bridge that I hope that I continue to build for people is that it's not us and them, right? People are just us in the future. And... So how do we work together? Because this is maybe our first time in a caregiving role and it's someone's first time in a care receiving role. And so to have empathy for someone um, who is, to your point, I mean, they're going through some significant life changes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. I love your book. You can save lots of sticky notes, more to come positive caregiving. Let's Oh, very quickly. We, you, well, it doesn't have to be quickly. We're in no rush, but share about the app. Tell us about the
1: app. Sure. sure. Well, um, it's just a very simple downloadable free tool that you can get on the Android or the Apple store. And it has some of the content that you'll find in the book um, but it's again another way that can help caregivers keep perspective so in there there is um, in the app there is a daily micro moment there is a daily list of some affirmations there's daily reflections so that you can keep gratitude, empathy, forgiveness, love, and awe, top of mind. There's shared care partner activities with questions, reminiscence questions built in. And then the tool allows you to also um, record, you know, pictures and notes and things like that for future reminiscence about your care journey. So it's just another tool for people to help them, again, access the method if it doesn't come naturally for them to have a positive approach to a care journey. And so extra help for people.
0: So great. Um, When my father-in-law received his cancer diagnosis, it was like a week later, I thought, okay, I've I've learned about some gratitude practice benefits. And so I started texting him in the morning. What are you feeling grateful for today? He participated two days in a row. And by day three, his response was, I'm on to you. <laughs> I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> What's interesting is when we were cleaning out his apartment, we found um, like a notepad and it had dates and it had things on it that he had done, like wonderful dinner at Todd and Michelle's house. At the, in the moment, my first thought was, oh, he was starting to struggle to remember what he had done. Um, and so maybe it was just like a log for him to keep track of like how he, what he was doing with his time. And it literally, it was like six months later. I thought, oh my gosh, what if that was a gratitude
1: journal? I love that. I love that. I mean, there is power in writing a few things down that you're grateful for every day. And that has been proven over and over again. Martin Sullivan, the founder of the positive psychology movement, he's, he created the three um, three things exercise where you just name three things you're grateful for, write them down. And over the course of time, it can be protective of all kinds of mental ailments, you know, so it's, um, it's powerful stuff. And I love, I think that your father-in-law was writing down things he was grateful for. And what a gift that you gave him. It was um,
0: very comforting to me to reframework it, to think that it wasn't a, a memory loss concern. It was more of a reflection of gratitude um you share in the book actually a few ways for e- people to easily have a gratitude practice um on how like what they could be thinking about uh, like what would those three things be because i think sometimes people can feel like well it, it's hard for me to feel grateful right now for anything
1: yeah well one of my favorite i mean again going back to the mor- my morning walk if i can take a walk i always try to take a gratitude walk and I will identify three things in that moment that I'm grateful for it's not even you know thinking about oh it's my family or this or look looking forward to something it's in the moment it's you know the the hydrangeas that are blooming right now or it's the mm-hmm. um the squirrels that I see chasing each other around the trees or it's you know whatever I see it's bringing myself to the moment Mm -hmm. and giving myself, um, you know, not the permission, but just asking myself, what is amazing? What do I see today that I'm grateful for? And I think that's a really simple thing that we can do, even if we're facing challenges.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. agree. And you talk about even just look around your room, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the room that you're in. Um, what are three things that you can find in your room that you're grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Again, I know I've already tried to wrap up once (laughs) prematurely, but (laughs) I encourage everybody to check this book out, download the app um, and stay connected with you. Are you on social media? Any place where people can follow you?
1: Yeah um the the place that is posting the most is Instagram and again it's just another outlet where there's just messages of gratitude empathy forgiveness love and awe on a regular basis just to keep it front and center for people so that would be the one that is the most often posted on um but right. also you can right. always go to positivecaregiving.com and there is a library that we are constantly adding tools and activity materials and things like that that people can download for free too. So that's another way to stay connected. Beautiful.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, it was a pleasure. So nice to finally meet you. Yes, exactly.
0: What I know for sure is that things are going fine until they're not. Everyone wants to stay in their home for as long as possible. And then there's a fall or a hospital stay or clear signs of dementia or a diagnosis and remaining at home becomes questionable or potentially impossible. It is super important that you are informed about what assisted living and nursing home care can offer and understand how to choose the one that will best fit the needs of your family. I know from personal and professional experience what objections are going to come up and how to navigate those conversations. You love your family member and you are doing a great job. It just feels like the situation is fragile. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop and you don't know what you don't know illuminating senior living answers all of your questions and walks you through step by step each common objection and frequently asked question. This course will save you so much time and heartache. Imagine knowing exactly when it's time to move and ensuring the care and safety of your family member. Imagine knowing what specifically to be looking for in a care community and how to have the conversations about moving. Illuminating Senior Living gives you the roadmap so you're prepared. Click the link in the show notes, Illuminating Senior Living to secure your video course today.